You just tuned in to Rob White's Ramblings of an Irishman. Tis the only podcast you'll ever need. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Rob White's Ramblings of an Irishman. Um, I was chatting to uh, the one Eddie Ball there about acoustics, so I decided to relocate the old recording studio to a more acoustic-friendly environment. So we're here now in the bedroom, and uh, today's episode I decided I was going to, uh, it's been long overdue, I was going to talk about trading and how I found my journey through trading. Um, Learning from complete beginner back nearly a year and a half ago now, Um, all the way through to current day where I find myself still learning, still working hard at it, not consistently drawing profits yet, which is the next big step, but uh, definitely on the right track. So um, yeah, I'm going to take you through the programs that I've followed and the people that I've met and the people who've taught me and uh, we'll take it from there. Alright, so uh, yeah, I don't know, some fucking frog in my throat there or some shit. But anyway, yes, so as I was saying, let's get straight stuck into it. Um, Thanks to everyone who's listened to the most recent episode about meditation. I got some good feedback on that, so thanks for your kind words. Um, If you have any suggestions or improvements, by all means, let me know. I'm open to it all. But anyway, yeah, so this episode, as I said, is about trading. What the hell is trading? Because I really didn't have a clue. When I first started out, um, I was drawn into doing more in the financial area of life um, because it's one area that I feel I hadn't really developed. I'd already traveled many countries. I'd already lived in many places. I'd already established a pretty good career, a pretty good job as an engineer. Um, but there's one thing I wasn't really kind of confident or kind of assured of and that was kind of how to manage finances and how to make finances work for you so probably three years ago I first started like researching it digging into it um what I found was I found a few podcasts naturally because I'm a podcast fiend and um the dude I think he's a guy from a guy from uh Amsterdam and he's got this podcast I'm not sure if he's still doing it but his name is Nick Krackman K-R-R K-R-A-S-K-M-A-N and he had a product um, called a value spreadsheet and that showed you how to do value investing on stocks in the um, in the US stock market so you basically put the ticker symbol in which is you know the ticker symbol is uh, I'm going to keep by the way I'm going to keep everything pretty simple for anyone who's not um, into the owl jargon this trading crack has the language all of its own pretty much so I won't be using acronyms as much as possible to keep it um, appealing to the masses um, but yeah so the way you use that spreadsheet was you used the ticker symbol which is the short name for each company and you put in the spreadsheet and uh, for example like Apple who do the iPhones their t- ticker is APPL fairly obvious and you put that into your spreadsheet and that would pop out three different ways of valuing the stock price or the stock itself 
um, stock and sh one share in the company should be worth based on three different valuations. One was discounted cash flow, one was profits over earnings, and the other one was some other accounting term I forget now. But anyway, yeah, that I used that for a while and I started buying, not in, um, investing in, in companies um, that turned out to be undervalued at the time, which was about three years ago. And I had some success with that, but it was pretty passive. It was basically buy and set it and forget it, buy and, and, and just buy into a company and leave it for months or years until hopefully you turn a profit. And when it becomes overvalued, when the stock price rises above what it's worth intrinsically, that's when you should get out. So it was uh, not interesting enough for a while, but it wasn't really active enough for me. So I kept looking and uh, it turned out my friends back home in Ireland had already started doing the same kind of research and they came across a company called Infinite Prosperity and they were set up eight years, nine years ago. Um, they're since pretty much, mm, they're not really active anymore as a company, as an educational company, but they were where many people learn to trade and invest and um, yeah, Infinite Prosperity, the website's still open, I think you can still check it out. Um, started by Lewis Mocker and Amy Sangster back 2012, I guess, uh, or probably 2010. And they both had great financial success in trading um, the Forex, which is the foreign exchange market. Um, and they made a living and they were able to retire at very early ages from working a full-time job based on the money they made. So that was quite a compelling story. Um, and I did my research, my due diligence beforehand, made sure that I was pretty confident that they weren't one of these companies that might just take your money and run. Um, because unfortunately this industry, trading industry, is kind of fraught with a lot of those kind of shysters. So yeah, I did my research, happy enough with what I found, and um, went for their lowest package, I think it was it was a promo, so I think it was only $300 at the time to um, get their silver membership. And that taught you all the basic strategies, taught you all the, from the ground level up from foundations about investing and about financial independence. And then the main two strategies for trading, for swing trading. So that was great. I had good, um, I got some great value out of that. And... Um, that was back in July 2018 and I kept at that. I finished the lessons by about September. I started trading live, which was with real money because you can also do paper trading, which is basically um, just trading fake money, like monopoly money. It's the same, the market's the same, the data's the same, but you're not actually losing money. So it's a good way of testing the waters and uh, understanding the technicals. So I did that for a couple of weeks as was suggested by Infinite Prosperity. And then I went live at the market just doing swing trading in October, 2018. Um, and I was following basic strategies, Forex trends and Forex reversals as they were called at the time. And um, yeah, I had some success in that, but realized that a lot of my success was pretty much blind luck because I didn't really have a fundamental understanding of price action, technical knowledge of how price moves on the charts so I parked it after that month I realized I was taking too many trades too or I was taking entry orders 
and entry orders might not necessarily trigger if it, the price doesn't reach whatever you set your price at. So I was doing the entry orders and thankfully some of them weren't triggering because I probably would have lost money instead of gaining money. But I gained a couple of hundred bucks um, within the first month, which was the first time I actually saw a winning trade. I was like, holy fuck. It was a, quite an eye opener. I saw the power instantly of what that was. Like, to be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. But just by clicking a few buttons, I saw that you can basically make money appear. You know, your account was $10,000 going in or probably $5,000 going in. And then it was $5,000, $5,300. Wow, that's uh, pretty crazy. Or it's pretty eye opening, I suppose. So it definitely got me interested and it definitely convinced me that there was money to be made on it. But I was cautious I'm, and by my nature, I'm more conservative, more risk averse rather than um, being a risk taker. I know that to be the case. So I said, no, I'm not going to go crazy here after having, having some early success. So I'm just going to park the trading, live trading for a couple of months and getting stuck into the actual the hardcore study of price action and getting to grips with how price moves, what the indicators I should be using and uh, all that jazz. At that time, it just so happened that Infinite Prosperity was kind of petering out and um, one of their former employees, Irek Pekarski, he had started his own company. Um, he was the head day trader. He was their main guy in Infinite Prosperity at least from a technical point of view. And uh, he had left the company on good terms, of course, but he started his own company, his own educational company um, called Masters. And that's the company I'm still with today. And um, he, you know, obviously I saw that the momentum was with him. He was starting a new company. Infra Prosperity was kind of petering out. Um, still had a great foundation, but didn't really have the, the development. And you could tell that the founders, Lewis and Amy, and this is no uh, no knock on them, but you could see that they were moving in different directions. So I made the decision to still stay involved with Infinite Prosperity and still keep my um, lessons up with them or keep my, you know, keep going back to the basic lessons I learned with them, but also um, step into the new education on the block and it's the same strategies that we'd already or that were being taught in infinite prosperity so it wasn't a whole new way of trading it was just um a different brand and uh, yeah so Eric started up his master class i think in august 2018 i probably joined around september october so just after i'd gone live and realized that i was kind of fluking and lucky with my swing trading, I stopped I stopped trading live and I went back to study from the basics with Eric and his masterclass. One of the first things I can remember really fucking um, driving me nuts at the time when I was still learning was um, why my analysis or why my charts weren't the same as the charts that I was seeing on my mentors webinars or screens. And I was taking screenshots of my charts and I was taking screenshots of their charts of the exact same currencies at the exact same times. And I could see, I'd be a bit of a stickler to, for detail, so I could see that the candles 
which are the shapes on the the chart weren't the exact same there might have been an extra one on one or there might have been a higher wick or uh they just weren't exactly the same they were probably like 95 percent the same but they weren't fully the same and i was like why the fuck is that i need to know why that is i was asking my friends back home in ireland um why was that and they were like i don't know man fuck it's not that big a deal like they're pretty much the same you know racks like and i said no 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 i have to know i have to know i have to know um and basically i had to do i had to send emails to the guys the admin assistants and they were like oh yeah what you're describing there it's probably you're looking at a different data feed to what he's looking at so then i had to go oh what's that like and then it turns out pretty much like any sports game you watch and a football game you're going to watch on tv there's more than likely a couple of different providers that are covering that game um there might be two different sets of cameras so it's the same game you're watching but you're watching from a slightly different point of view and that's essentially what i was i was looking at a different point of view a different data stream than the guys running the webinars were so once i figured it out i was like okay grant you can get over that now don't need to be such a, a fuss pot when it comes to knowing all the minor details um then yes yeah, so that was one of the first things i noticed that kind of threw me out of whack i think i suppose because it was something brand new i was trying to know understand everything that's kind of just my human my nature that i wanted to understand all the little itty bitty things since then i've realized that you don't need to know every single fine detail you can know 90 well 80 percent the 80 20 rule right uh 80 percent of the what's that 20 percent of the work can get 80 percent of the results but anyway, 80 percent is enough so yeah that was the first lesson i learned didn't need to be so fucking anal and then um what you basically do when you're trading is you're looking for setups right so you're looking for price of a pair say euro the european currency against the us currency or the european currency against the pound sterling and you're waiting for the price to get to a level of significance and um, a level of significance would be one that's an historic and historical level of support or resistance where price got to that level previously and and either it bounced up off that level so let's say it hit a dollar like or it hit um equality where one pound was worth one euro and then it bounced off that up to 105 or 110 or whatever or else it hit a higher level and it bounced down and once you look at the charts once you get familiar with analyzing the charts you see that that happens regularly on all currencies um price just moves in those kind of repeatable fashions so what you do basically when you're trading is you're looking for setups um, and what we call that is we're creating a watch list what are we watching and we'll do that if we're doing yeah for day trading you're pretty much doing a watch list every day um, and you usually do it at the end of the day or beginning of the next day and the days usually close at 10 p.m gmt so <clears throat> i was doing my watch list um and at, at that time i was only doing swing trading i was still following the the simple 
um, forex trades and trends and forex reversals strategies excuse me and uh, they were um, it was taking me hours upon hours to to go through my watch list to do an analysis of those 28 pairs um, 28 different currency pairs that we regularly trade and it was taking me two to three hours a night to weed through them to look at the price action look at what the candle was doing look at what it, the support and resistance look at what was decelerating or accelerating the price I mean and uh, yeah I was like Jesus it's taking so long it's taking so long but I was like well like, this is what I signed up for so I'm sticking with it but then when I realised after putting in two to three hours of work and I come to the conclusion that there was nothing actually entry worthy nothing that I could actually try and take a position on so it was kind of frustrating it was kind of like fuck's sake I spent three hours tonight for what um, I don't even get to try and make some money because I can I know the way price is right now there's nothing worthy for taking an entry so it was a bit frustrating at the start but I'm sure most uh, beginners have had something similar to that um, I suppose when you think or think longer term that shouldn't have been frustrating because that was lessons learned analyzing the charts you're analyzing the charts and you're actually gaining information about how price moves so those hours were never wasted I was just getting more familiar with how price action moves so in hindsight it was uh, time well spent it was a struggle at the start but it was time well spent in the end that banging I'll have to try and cut it out it's the neighbours next door building a fucking house you'd think on a Saturday evening they'd be gone home so some of the uh, early mistakes that I noticed or some of the other stumbling blocks I had at the start I noticed when I was comparing my watch list analysis with uh, I think it was Benny at the time from Infinite Prosperity um, his analysis and he would mark checks for each criteria that we were looking at um, each night and I if I didn't I compare mine with his every night after the fact to see if I was in a ball you know in the right ballpark if I if my analysis was close to an expert who'd already been doing it for years most of the time it was but then there was always a couple of times where it wasn't and where it wasn't that used to again drive me kind of nuts um, I was like well how is he seeing it like that I, I can't for the life of me see what he's seeing to me it's it's plainly not deceleration or it's not a rejection or it's not whatever and he says it is so either he's got a typo in his spreadsheet or I'm not seeing it right so that led to uncertainty and um, frustration again but I think eventually I had to just come to the realisation that there is some subjective is some subject subjectivity in uh, trading or some does not discretion but what some people what one person sees as a clear sign of what they need to see as in there's a clear trend change the other person the other trader might see it different and that's fine um, as long as you know you have your reasons there's always going to be reasons against and reasons for getting into a position so again that was a lesson a lesson in patience and a lesson in looking back over my notes as well what i written down here was there was a couple of 
early mistakes, as in overtrading was definitely, as I mentioned earlier, overtrading was definitely um, a issue of mine. I think in the first month I'd taken 11 trades, which is okay if you're a day trader, but for a swing trader it's definitely overtrading. So that was another kind of uh, indicator that I was being a bit too trigger happy and I needed to just chill out and pause the live trading for a couple of months. Um, at the time, so about a month into actually live trading and a month into the analysis and the, you know, actually getting stuck into the technical analysis and seeing how my watch list compared with the mentor's watch list, I started to hit that kind of wall. Um, up to that point, the momentum had kept me going. The momentum had kept me coming back every night doing the study, still working my normal nine to five job then coming home in the evening and studying for another three four hours um yeah about four weeks in that moment would start to wane um and i had to ask myself well why am i doing this like this is not really going the way i thought it was going to go i had to ask some hard questions um and essentially i had to get back to my purpose what is the point of me doing this why do i want to make money trading um and of course that's different for everyone Everyone has their own reasons, um, but for me, I won't go into excessive detail, but I'll keep it somewhat interesting. For me, or maybe I'll move that to the end. Yeah, I'll move that to the end. Um, I realized that, yeah, I did want to make money, obviously. I did want to get financially independent. What that basically means is you're no longer having to actively work for money. You have a means of earning money passively. So trading is one of the best ways I, I know right now of doing that. Another thing might be, you know, being on social media, being an influencer, being a YouTuber. You put out some content and you let that content sell for you and you don't have to actually physically be in a place doing a job. So that for sure appeals to me and it's definitely a sign of the times. Um, the old world is changing and that's the direction we're heading I believe remote work especially at these times where everyone's forced forced to work remotely but um, that was something that definitely appealed to me so that was my why trying to be able to be independent and not have to worry about keeping a job simply to keep food on the table um, so once I kind of realized that was my why, I kind of calmed down. I, I still love my nine to five job and um, I wouldn't easily walk away from it. But at the same time, I want to have more options and options are always a good thing. So um, once I kind of came to that arrangement, came to that uh, conclusion in my head, I developed more patience and I was I realized I was in it for the long term. I wasn't here for the quick cash, earn a couple of hundred bucks, a couple of thousand bucks and buy a new TV or buy a new car. Go out and buy a watch or whatever. That's not really what I um I'm about. Um I thought I was maybe a couple of years ago. I'm getting a bit more mature now, into the thirties. And um yeah, realizing that a fucking baller lifestyle, fast cars, uh, 
and jets and yachts and mansions are not really going to give me any happiness. Yeah, they're great to, um, I love a party as much as the next fella. They're great to experience and I'm, I would like to experience those things um, for a day or for a week or for whatever. But I don't think that having those things permanently in my life would make me any happier or more fulfilled. So for me, it was more about freedom of time. And if I got that financial independence, then I could choose to continue working if I loved it. Or I could be a bit more be more choosy about what I want to do with my time. Because my financial security was taken care of. Um, so yeah, I developed that patience. I wrote patience in a big block letters on my whiteboard in my study room. Um, Damien Dempsey had a song called Patience, which I had on loop over and over again, just to try and drill it into me, and it did, it worked. I developed that patience, and I do see traders. We have a community where we talk every day, and I do see beginner traders having the same problem where they're dealing with frustration about this isn't going as quickly as they'd like and uh, the growth that they thought they would see they're not seeing yet and they're getting frustrated so if you also have that issue I say man or woman stick with it lads um, you gotta realise it's not a get wit get witch get rich quick scheme so uh, yeah patience was definitely another lesson for me by the way, um, I'm using a lot of the detail that I already wrote down in a submission. We had a little challenge in our community, masterclass challenge back in September 2019, where Eric gave away some great prizes. Uh, I think $10,000 in cash was one of the prizes, and then lessons, and then one-on-one, um, one-on-one lessons with him were also part of it. Um, so we all had to submit couple of answers to some questions like this and uh, make a video and uh, I'm using a lot of that detail that I wrote for that because it's a good lesson learned and this actually recording this podcast and writing my notes for this podcast has also been a good kind of review of my journey so far so the benefits are the benefits are everywhere um what did I do yeah so yeah, going back to what I was saying about the lessons, the um, frustration with the watch list taking too long, taking two to three hours when it should only take 20 minutes, maybe 10 to, 10 to 20 minutes a day on average when you're adept at what you're doing. If I didn't have that frustration, if I didn't go, fuck, this is taking far too long, I can't sustain this, then I wouldn't have got the finger out and... Um, realized that I needed to get quicker and get faster and get better so again balance that was the beauty of it and the hidden beauty in the struggle at the start and then I wrote down I did a full review so I so back to what I actually did uh back in so I was swing trading in January in October of 2018 and then I paused it for November, December, and then back in January, we came back from a ski holiday. I was chatting to my buddies back home. Came back from a ski holiday and got fully energized and motivated to get stuck in and started live trading and day trading. 
um, in January 2019. So I pretty much day traded all of 2019. Um, and I had some good results and I had some bad results. Um, long story short, I ended up pretty much break even, which I thought was hilarious for the whole year. Um, so no losses and no gains, which is definitely better than having um, a big drawdown or having big losses because that could really fuck up a person psychologically. But yeah, so a lot of lessons learned, but no cold hard cash profits. And that's fine. I'm, I'm not, I don't need to, I'm look, lucky enough to be in a situation where I can earn a living from my nine to five. Um, and I don't need to rely on trading to supplement that income yet. So I'm patient and learning the lessons and sticking with it. Um, I wrote down some things, some of the main takeaways that will definitely appeal to the people who are already trading out there. I went through all my um, trades for the year and I asked if this was a shitty trade that should have been avoided. And most of the trades that I took, apart from the ones that the community as a whole was watching and the community as a whole probably got into the ones that I took on my off my own bat that no one else seemed to take were generally poor entries the journey ones that could have been avoided so a lot of lessons learned from them um, what the biggest takeaway is I'll run through a couple of them quickly just if you're interested um, I realized that I'm not in a position to use discretion so I gotta be purely mechanical um, now there are some subjective points at the fringes there's nothing that's purely purely 100% mechanical but um, for the most part just follow the strategies the strategies all have rules stick with them and don't use discretion that was the first takeaway um, a big one that I found interesting was the psychological trickery was way more subtle than I thought it would be and what I mean by that was um, the mentors had warned us that if you have a string of wins or you have a, um, a couple of high percentage wins we're talking five six percent on a trade you might start to think that you are the trading god that you have figured this out figured the whole thing out and uh, you get overconfident and as a result then you'll take entries that don't meet criteria because you think you can't lose and uh, you'll quickly give away that profit. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen to me because I've already read about it. I've already listened to the guys talk about it. So I'm already aware. So that's not going to happen to me. And sure enough, it fucking happened to me. Um, very, very, it snuck in very, very sneakily. Because, yeah, I had some big wins. I had 5% maybe trades or maybe a couple of 1% or 2% trades in a row. So I may have three three wins in a row and go, wow, this is going to be a great month for returns sitting on six percent but then um and but and, and and you know acknowledge that in my head or so i thought and not actually go yeah i'm fucking brilliant i'm a genius just go yeah this, I, i'm i've had a good i've had a, had a good run now or it's working out i'm doing what i should be doing I'm, i don't think i'm brilliant i don't think i'm amazing it's just this is what it is but then when i look at the trades i took after those um sequences or after those series of wins or, or big single big wins they were fucking dog shit they were like the worst entries you could take no deceleration no rejections price just stuck in the middle of nowhere 
So I had no business getting stuck into getting into those trades at all. So yeah, that was some fucking big lessons that the on some level I did think that I knew what I was doing and I was okay to take shitty trades. I didn't feel it, I didn't recognise it on a on um obvious, on a conscious uh, level, but clearly when you look back in hindsight and you look at the screenshots of the trades, you're like, no, nah, that was a shitty entry. So that was a big lesson for me. Um, other things that I did was I was, yeah, overconfidence. I'd look, I'd find one piece of confirmation. And as I said earlier, there's multiple things you're looking at. There's multiple pros and cons to every trade you take. So there's always going to be some negative you can use to say that this, this is something I should avoid. So basically what you should do is if you can, if there's majority of positives, if there's five or six or seven positive confluence factors for why you should get into that entry and there's only one, maybe two negatives, then in general you should get into the entry. That's different. That's different for every trader, but as a rule, let's just use that. And what I would do, what I found myself doing when I look back again over my years re review was that I would just see one positive confluence factor and go, I perfect, good enough. It's got a break of a trend line, take that trade. Um, and that would often end up to bite me in the ass or something as simple as I'd see price breaking the five minute chart, the 50 EMA. Probably getting a bit too technical now for the non-traders, but the EMA is the exponential moving average. And what that is, is the average price for the last 50 days. Exponential is the mathematical function that it's used to calculate. You can have a simple moving average or an exponential moving average. And the exponential is just the mathematical factor or mathematical mathematical calculation they use to work it out. So what it basically does is it makes the more recent days or weeks or more recent candles more heavily weighted. So it's the best indicator that we use or it's the one that we use the most often. And when we see breaks and retests of that 50 EMA, that's usually a sign for us to get into a trade or to look for a trade. Um, and I was seeing breaks of the five minute 50 EMA, which is usually an indicator for when you should take the trade live. And I would do it. And then I, then again, I get into a trade and then I'm like, or in hindsight, after the trade had closed, usually for a loss, I go back and I look at the one hour chart and that's probably the biggest, the most heavily weighted factor of the trade. And I would see that that, that chart was showing me fucking, again, dog shit. So I shouldn't have even gotten into it. So yeah, that's going back to using just one positive confluence factor. Um, another thing I saw was that I know that other traders, whether on social media or whether in the watch list channel that we have, I know that other traders have gotten into a trade on an ABO or an IBO setup, which are two different types of setups. And then I go, oh, well, your man, Johnny or Eric or whoever got into the trade there. So there's definitely a trade there. So I should probably get in now as well. And then I jump into the trade without a clear strategy um, and probably have shitty risk reward ratio, but go, well, they're in the trade, so it's definitely a valid trade. But just because it was valid at that time in that place doesn't give me license to say it's valid after that point in time. These things move pretty quickly. So you got to be, you know, you got to be alert and on the, at least alert for the entries. Um, 
not having patience, taking shitty injuries. One thing I noticed was at the end of the week or the end of the month, when I hadn't taken many trades, I would end up taking the best of a bad lot. I would have um, a lot of shitty trades and go, oh, well, this was the best of this bunch, so it's worth taking an entry on. And again, no business doing that. Or something else I would do would be, I know there was a trade set up coming on a pair. Um, I get married to the bias if it's short or if it's long. If you're going to buy the buy the currency or sell the currency. And I would go, yeah, it's definitely trade here, definitely trade here. And I'd get in. And there was no actual entry. There was nothing. There might have been a trade there from the higher time frame, time frame point of view. But from the actual one hour charts, the five minute charts, there was nothing there. So lessons, 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 lessons. Um, sometimes I would get swayed by other traders in the watchlist channel. I wouldn't stick to my own guns. I might have already done my analysis, my watchlist for the day and ruled out any potential entries. But then I'd see some other people who might have been better traders or worse traders than I am. I have no clue how good they were. But if they were worse traders and I was going, oh, well, he saw, or not worse, worse is kind of unfair, but if they were less experienced traders um, and I was looking at their point of view for like reassurance or reasons to get into a trade, then again, a lot of hurdles to avoid. I'll pause it here. Let's call this part one. And uh, if you hated it, then you've no need to go into part two. But let's just assume you loved what you heard so far and you're curious to hear the end of the less now. There's probably like another 20 minutes. So I'll pause it here and uh, I'll release a part two at the same time. So give you a chance, give you a break. Good luck. God bless. Folks, thank you so much for listening to Rob White's Ramblings of an Irishman. The only podcast you'll ever need.